And the Oscar goes to, by a nose, Nicole Kidman. Hi, Christopher. Hey, Sam. Thank you for joining me here at uh, the Kid Manifesto. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. (laughs) I'm very excited. You're going to quickly find out that this is perhaps not only my favorite movie that I'm going to talk about, but also just maybe my favorite movie in in general. (laughs) It's really shocking how good this movie is. I I have to admit I wasn't prepared. I was worried that um, people on Twitter, when I was rewatching it, thought I was kidding or that I was being hyperbolic, but I... Words cannot explain, which is going to be really tough for this audio podcast, how much I like this Oh yeah, it was wonderful. I'm sad to say I missed this in theaters, and I really regret that, so. But uh, I'm excited to talk about it now. Me too. What are we here to talk about? We're here to talk about uh, the wonderful film Paddington, uh, starring none other than Nicole Kidman, and uh, among others, Sally Hawkins, and uh, Jim Broadbent, and Hugh Bonneville. I have so, I'm so excited. I have so much to say about <laughs> Sally Hawkins. It's crazy that she doesn't have an Oscar for this movie. I know. It's insane. <laughs> Should we just get into yeah. it? I, I took a thousand notes. Like, I couldn't be more excited to talk oh, about yeah. this Oh, yeah. I have, like, a full, like, bed or, like, a, a spread of legal pads that I just jotted down notes from. So I'm ready to do this. Like a like a Carrie Matheson, yeah, like, t- Homeland? <laughs> <Totally>. <laughs> Um, Okay, so this movie opens with, like, a cute little um, vignette that kind of reminds me of the, uh, like, Indiana Jones thing at at Disneyland. Yeah, totally. Like, wait in line. It was was so Um, fun, because I just saw the Jane Goodall documentary this week, and I was like, oh, it's, like, very much like that, and it's a cute little, like, British, like, Brits in the jungle video. uh, It's so cute. Even just, like... From the jump, they refer to it as Darkest Peru, which is just <laughs> so fucking charming. Oh, this movie is mad. This movie's actual magic. Yeah. I'm just gonna keep. Saying I that. I kind of thought this is maybe the best like animal animation that I've seen in a movie ever. Oh, it's it's stunning. Like I I think one of my notes. Yeah, it's incredible. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, one of my notes is just like I could watch animated bear for all for hours. Time. I know. So we are introduced to the lovely Ben Whishaw as Paddington, although he is not named Paddington yet at this point. Yes. Also, there's a part in the movie where the the explorer says that uh, he talks about like a male exotic boxer that he once met at a bar, and that boxer was low key really hot. I just had to throw that in there. Oh yeah, uh, uh, please. I absolutely. There are a couple of notes that I have regarding that. One is just I would kiss both the adventurer and the boxer. <laughs> absolutely. Um, we are also introduced to Paddington's aunt and uncle, who are none other than Imelda Staunton and Michael Gambon. Oh, two God. of the. There are like six Harry Potter characters in this movie, um, and that's two of them. <laughs> which is wild. <laughs> um, it's just crazy. Like, uh, just this movie is so pure and it is so like quintess. It has such a quintessential like British sensibility. They totally nailed it. And it's just like getting Imelda Staunton, Michael Gambon to just like play dumb bears. Like Michael Gambon's only in this spoiler alert for like five minutes, mm-hmm. but it's just, it's so delightful. Yeah. And, and and the older bear name is named Uncle Pestizu, or Pestuzo, and I just think that's a very cute name. It is cute. And he um, gets, Uncle Pestuzo gets the 
like hat from the explorer right he like throws it to him when he's leaving is that right yeah that's right yeah and okay yeah and then uh they have their like little kind of breakfast machine uh orange thing in the jungle where they uh like discover their i guess paddington loves oranges or what is their like orange marmalade yeah so a couple of things about that um one marmalade is the most said word in this movie yes i think i read um (laughs) And also, I didn't look this up because I um, wanted to have a legitimate and potentially embarrassing discussion about it. But I think what makes marmalade marmalade and not, like, jam is I think, like, the presence of rind. Like, I think it has, like, pieces of the rind in it. Oh, okay. I think you're right. I I don't know. This is embarrassing. Someone's going to at me about this. But, like, you can't have, like, great marmalade because, like, it doesn't have a, a rind. But you can't have orange marmalade. Oh, okay. I don't know. Anyway, that's not an exciting line of thought to pursue, no, but it, the, it is certainly wonderful. a thing. <laughs> I thought just really quick, they, they do a transition where they carved many years later into an orange, and you see Paddington's eyes behind the orange, and I thought that would make a great Real Housewives of Orange County transition. <laughs> just many years later. There are, like, a couple visual bits in this movie that I love. That's one of them. Um, this is skipping ahead, but whatever. The... The visual bit where, like, Hugh Bonneville tells them he's going to go live uh, at, like, an orphanage, and it, like, cuts to, like, a scary orphanage. Oh, my God, yeah. I wrote that down. (laughs) Yeah, and then, like, he um, says something, like, very elaborate after it, and then, like, the entire phrase that he says is, is, like, yeah, it's another gate. Yeah, it's, like, another cutaway. It says, we'll Um, get to that part, but... That's fine. So... So they're happy, bears are happy, um, and then not happy stuff happens. Yeah, there's an earthquake in Peru. There's an earthquake, there's like a crazy storm yeah. with it. Um, like, five seconds into this movie, Imelda Staunton's bear character, like, falls, and she just immediately is like, go on without me, like, let me die. <laughs> Which I feel like is really intense for a children's movie. Yeah, oh, totally. Then she gets picked up, Paddington, like, goes back, and or... Uncle Pastuzo goes back, and then, like, Uncle Pastuzo, unfortunately, does not make it into their, like, bear shelter, and, um, I think we're to understand that he passes, yeah, I think he even passed though we don't away. explicitly see a body. So now it's just, um, I think her name is Aunt Lucy, is the name of the bear. Yes. And Paddington um, are in their shelter, and they kind of come out to their whole home destroyed. Yes, it's horrifying, and then they go to, like, a boat, because they're talking about going to... London, and then, like, at the last minute, and Aldous Staunton is like, I'm old, I can't do this, I'm gonna go to, like, a retired yeah, like a home. fair retirement home. Yeah, which, like, honestly, this, Up wishes it was this movie, I'm gonna say it. <laughs> you know, this movie's better than Up because it doesn't have fucking talking dogs, I hate that th- <laughs> Well, here's the thing, it's like, everyone gets so, like, everyone gets so hard about Up because it has, like, what is arguably a very, very good introduction. But then you also have, like, the rest of the movie, which is, like, not that fun. I'm going to say it. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. Whereas, like, I was sincerely enchanted oh, this the whole time in this movie. Pure and physical up comedy joy. She also, like, yeah, last comparison about Up is, like, there's that sad moment, but, like, listen to Imelda's speech about how London will accept Paddington because they've never forgotten how to treat a stranger. Like I was just yeah. actually crying. When oh she yeah, said totally. That. And then that gives him, that gives Paddington kind of the, the courage to go to London and try and find, try to seek shelter. I mean, it's inspiring. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did make a note that 
Paddington has a suitcase full of marmalade that he gets on the boat with, mm-hmm. which it's a good thing that he was in a boat because this is a post 9-11 world and he would have never been able to take that on the plane. <laughs> totally. <laughs> there's just there's too many liquids. They would yeah. never let him. in a little trash can before security. Um, <laughs> you'd just be dumping all of them out. <laughs> he gets to Paddington Station. You can see where this is going. Mm-hmm. I wrote... My next note is just this movie made me like pigeons. Uh, yeah, me too. Even though they're like, even though they're like villains, and but then um, they kind of play a big part at the end of the movie. They do. They have an arc. (laughs) The pigeons in uh, London. Introduced to the family, we see Sally Hawkins. So her name's Mary, and Hugh Bonneville plays Mr. Brown, and they have two kids I don't care about. Yeah. So what I wrote about this, a couple things. One, we can tell that he's a serious man because he's quoting statistics. Um. He's, like, very Ben Stiller in Along Came Polly, like, <laughs> risk analyst. Yeah. <laughs> um, but what I love about this movie is, like, in any kid's movie, it would be, like, the the dumbass kids that are, like, can we keep him? Can we yeah. keep him? And the kids in this movie are, like, fuck this bear. And Sally Hawkins is just, like, no, I like him. Yeah, like, Sally I'm Hawkins here. is, is the only one really keeping this bear in the house. She's so great. I, I love that, like, in from the jump, she's just, like, can we go play in the sewers? Um can we keep this bear? Like, she just wants to... She reminds me of the uh, grandma and Hey Arnold. You know how yes. she was just always down for the Oh, pause. totally. I have to say, I wasn't totally sold on Sally Hawkins, and I'm excited for her in The Shape of Water, but I had seen her in, like, what, Blue Jasmine, and I was like, oh, no, she's fine. I wasn't, like, on the bandwagon, but really Paddington has gotten me. I think she's, like, so cute and wonderful and, like, a great actress. She's so funny, and then I read that, like, a lot of the scenes between her and Hugh are, like, improvised. Yeah, I read that, too. Which is really charming. Uh, we both read IMDb. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> I just... Everything she says, like, every time she speaks, or... And this is, again, jumping ahead to the very, very end, but the daughter has, like, a boyfriend that she's scared to bring home, and at the end, she, like, finally agrees to, like, let him come over, and she's like, do you promise not to, like, touch him or cry? And, like, just the way that she oh. physically bursts into the room and is just already crying. Like, she hasn't even looked at him yet, and she's crying. Oh, I was it's not. Just, it's so it's funny. So I mean, sweet. it's like she's mastered. I, I think she's so cute and wonderful. Um, there's a dumb bit where, like, they're in the diner, and they're, like, looking through the window about, like, figuring out what to call him, and Hugh Bonneville's holding, like, a tomato filled with ketchup, yeah. and She's like, oh, I know what to call him because there's a Paddington sign in the background. And he's just like, ketchup? Like, ketchup the bear? <laughs> Which is just so, so dumb. Edwin Hugh Bonneville. Oh, this movie's magic. Yeah. Well, because uh, well, they ask him what his name is and he's like, <laughs> and of course, that's my bear. <laughs> that was good. You have good pronunciation, like the daughter. Which uh, yeah, I did vocal warm-ups before this. They obviously don't know how to spell that or pronounce that. So... Did you write down, because um, this is where the orphanage bit happens, did you write down what the second thing yeah, is? It, it was does. really long, but it makes Yeah, because, so Hugh Bonneville's like, he'll go to an orphanage, and then it, it like, dun, 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 like, shows a gate that says orphanage, and the kids are like, no, and he's like, oh, actually, it's not an orphanage, it is an institution for young souls whose parents have passed on, and then it goes, dun, 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 and then it shows, like, that whole <laughs> long phrase on top of the gate. It's like Mel Brooks. It's a Mel Brooks joke. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Well, for Sally Hawkins, names in Paddington because that's the name of the train station they found them at. But anyway. Then we get another Harry Potter cast member. We get Dame Julie Walters as Mrs. Bird. Oh, so good. 
who um, my fun IMDb fact was that she like didn't want to do it and then she was like coerced by her family which is like a lot of the people in this movie and then she like really grappled with like how to be mean and also like have a heart of gold at the end of the day and I think she fucking nailed it. Yeah totally. She's so good in this movie. Yeah and they have this cute like I don't know what kind of band it is but it sounds kind of like a latin band that does like transition songs in between scenes yes okay i liked that but at the very end again skipping around um they sing a song that like definitely had the word china man in it and i was just like mm, yeah. this is like weird but yes they're they're charming <laughs> i'm sorry to shit oh, i never hear i never like listen to the lyrics of anything so I thought... oh i watch everything with subtitles so i was very there for oh it God. i'm sorry it's okay <laughs> It's how I was raised. Anyway, a recurring theme on this podcast is me writing down things that Nicole learned to do for this movie. <laughs> and we're introduced to her, like, pretty much right here. But she fucking learned to throw knives. Yeah. And do taxidermy. Yeah, totally. She, like, she, went to classes for She both. totally prepared for this role. Um, my favorite thing about that fact was it was, like, even though she's an avid animal lover, she, <laughs> she took an ta- intro to taxidermy class. <laughs> yeah. So we get introduced to her in, like, a cutaway. She is a taxidermist. You can tell she's a villain because she has a very severe bomb. Of course. Yeah. Um, and I went straight to this, obviously, because I'm a big Housewives of New York fan. But uh, she is giving me full Dorinda Medley with Richard in <laughs> London, like... Like, Atomic Blonde Dorinda Medley in this movie, and I'm so here for it. I mean, this character could join the Real Housewives. Oh, absolutely. Of London. Yesterday. Uh, <laughs> I think this is also, there's like a dumb bit. This might be late. Uh, this is later in the movie, but whatever. She, um, her phone rings, and she goes to pick it up, and she picks up like a taxidermied squirrel <laughs> instead of the phone. And like, just the, the face that she makes, like when she sh- like, like sighs it off, is just, I mean, there's more acting in that moment than in hours of other movies yes. it's crazy oh, totally um we get a scene with jim broadbent because uh paddington is looking for the explorer because he doesn't think he can stay with the browns so he's looking for the explorer and the only clue that he has is the hat that they threw at the beginning yeah um which is basically the opening of light of the piazza <laughs> fyi <laughs> there's also so many like past movie crossovers in this movie like nicole kidman obviously worked with jim broadbent and moulin rouge um, Sally Hawkins did the phone call, that little short movie with Jim Broadbent. It's like, and then I think Hugh Bonneville did a movie with someone also in this. Oh, Hugh Bonneville and Sally Hawkins played a husband and wife in some other movie, but I forgot what it was. Um, yeah, there's a ton of like movie crossovers. There's a ton of like references. Like when she is repelling later, another thing she learned how to do was she did that scene where she was like hanging by the wires, mm-hmm. uh, in the house and they like play the Mission Impossible theme. <laughs> Which is, like, um, an entirely brand new arrangement of that theme. Oh, yeah. They, like, redid it. Um, it's it's so fun. Also, the way that Nicole, uh, at one point, says, you stuffed, bear. I laughed for, like, 100 <laughs> years. <laughs> um, so we, we see Jim Broadbent. We learn about the Geographers Guild. We learn that that's, like, a thing that explorers join and that this guy was ostensibly a member of. Uh, we see another crossover because we see the school we see the kids in class and there's a Virginia Woolf poster in the classroom in the background. Iconic hours reference. Yeah. And then they also talk about uh, exit pursued by a bear, which I think is funny. <laughs> it's it's, they say exit pursued by a, and then I think Paddington like slams into the window or something or he flies by. Cause I think the kids are all like, he's so cool. He's yeah. a bear. <laughs> Things happen on 
a skateboard during that. Yeah. Like, if you're the, did we I don't really have skip the flooding of the bathtub or is that coming up? I can't remember. Oh, I think at one point I tried to say that uh, the water animations are the oh, yeah. thing yeah, I've yeah, ever yeah, seen. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm, I'm ready to talk about it because it, it deserves its Oh, own all I had, I mean, that there wasn't anything to say. He just flooded the bathroom and surfed down the stairs and the bathtub. <laughs> it's so, I mean, it's just all so good. Even just, like, the way that their reactions are handled in this kind of, like, fake world where, like, nobody's, like, too phased about yeah. it. Except for you, Manuel, it's it's delightful. The water looks stunning. Um, the scene where Julianne Moore is on the bed and the hours wishes it was this scene. <laughs> <laughs> no movie is no movie is is as good as this <laughs> anyway so um, we're at paddington's on a skateboard yeah we get um right around there we get that like flashback to the parents before they had kids and they're like super wild and crazy and like a pregnant sally hawkins like peels in on a motorcycle with them to like go have the baby and they're like they're just so lit and then they go and have the baby and then they come back out and they're suddenly very serious because like the birth of a child yeah, does that to when, you. And I thought that's, that's when, actually uh, like really Yvonne sweet. got a little serious about he became like the, the strict dad. Yeah. It's like a little on the nose, but I think it's also like very true. And I think it's a nice way to show mm-hmm. it. It makes me laugh. Do you have thoughts on Nicole's British accent here versus her Virginia Wolf British accent? Cause they're very different. <clears throat> um, they are very different because she's not whispering in this movie uh uh-huh. <laughs> one but uh i don't know i didn't think of that when i saw this movie i just think it's impressive because like i i could only do one like if i had to i could only do like an all like, of her kind of like cockney yeah. British <laughs> yeah you know what i mean she like has multiple just at her disposal oh, yeah. which i think is really she is so i mean that just goes to show how multi-talented she is at different dialects Feel free to stop no. me at any point. The next thing that I the next thing that I wrote was I don't watch Doctor Who, but I do understand that phone booths are important. Oh, yeah, you're right. Because we're introduced to Peter Capaldi, who is like their next door neighbor, who is like one of the doctors, I believe, and so they introduce him by like interrupting Nicole in a phone mm-hmm. booth because he like wants to bang it out with her. <laughs> um and he'll like he'll like murder a bear to, to, to do that. Yeah. Um uh, actually wait, no, that's a lie. He he just wants to help her get it. He doesn't actually know what the bear's yeah. purpose is. But he acts kind of as her, like, spy. Yeah. So he's here. <laughs> um, we get a very charming moment, which is... Uh, so, like, Hugh Bonneville and Paddington go to the Geographer's Guild, and they have a very charming scene with the, like, secretary there who they ask about Peru, and she uses one of those, like, Home Depot things that, like, shoots letters around that's, like, also in that one episode of Futurama. (laughs) Don't watch it. Oh, it's (laughs) fine. Um, But they, like, she, like, looks up uh, Darkest Peru, and, like, a letter shoots down in the, like, pneumatic tube, and she opens it, and she's just like, we've never been to Peru get in the elevator they like trick her and they get in the elevator um and hugh bonneville like starts to doubt paddington's uh motives here and he gives him a hard stare like he gives him like an angry bear face and it like completely dismantles him yeah and paddington's uh, like and hugh bonneville's like what are you doing and he's like that that's my uh my stern look or whatever and it makes him uncomfortable yeah and then I, he's he says like that's that's my hard stare and he's like my aunt lucy taught me to do that if whatever whatever <laughs> <laughs> I, 
It's just so cute. Kind of off, but I love in this movie that everything is kind of just accepted as fact. Only one person in London has a talking bear, and it's fine. And Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't write about this, but there's that scene where um, Sally Hawkins goes to the police station, and she's like, oh, he's like three foot tall, and he's wearing... um, like a, a duffel coat and a red hat. And she's like, and he's a talking bear. And, and he... the policeman's like, that's not a whole lot to go off of. And she's just like, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a world where that's just totally fine. And I like that. I don't need an explanation. We get a Mrs. Doubtfire yes. moment here at this point. Uh, because Hugh Bonneville has dressed up like, I guess a person that yeah, works there. Like or, a, I mean, he's taken up like a dowdy old maid lady. And um, Paddington is, like, very computer savvy here and is looking up the records and finds out that they do have Dark Peru records, but they were all destroyed. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, meanwhile, there's a silly, silly, silly scene with Hugh Bonneville's Mrs. Doubtfire character and, like, the security. Um, And the security guard reveals that Hugh Bonneville's character only has one arm and he's just like, it grew back. Yeah, so then... No, he says it's a... It's a prosthetic. He says it's a... It's yeah. a prosthetic, yeah. So then the, the the security guard starts stabbing him with the pin of, like, his badge or whatever. Or, like, the maid's badge. And he's like, can you feel that? And he's like, no. And can you feel that? No. While Paddington's, like, breaking the internet with trying to find uh, <laughs> his dark Peru records. Uh, it's it's definitely a bit that like it didn't make me laugh no now although everything did but i i had a singular thought which was just like oh if i was a child watching this in the theater i would be like in the aisles oh yeah totally it's totally it's a very age targeted joke yeah it's i mean everything about it is just so well handled it's all so funny uh uh they finally get all the files and paddington is eating like a hoagie during this scene Oh right, right. <laughs> it's like a like, like a full. Like, sub. It's like a baguette with marmalade. Is it a full oh, I sub I, or maybe is it a it's just a marmalade sandwich? But I think it. I think it's a marmalade sandwich because a that would make sense for this character. But it gets like all st- it gets like all sticky because it gets sucked into the pneumatic tube instead of um one of the tubes and it clogs. Yeah, up and the whole it joint. kind of like explodes the system, and uh, Hugh Bonneville and Paddington are able to escape right with their records. Yeah, yeah, sure. Is that that's what happens, right? <laughs> I think, I'm not making that up. No, I think so. Is that also where we find out where he finds the um, initial and last name of the explorer? Yes, M. Okay. Something. Yeah, it's well. We learn we learn it to be Montgomery eventually. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think the next thing I wrote is Nicole is going to fuck this doctor if she can get that there. <laughs> oh, absolutely. She is. She totally will. Because he's like very sprung on her, and um, she like goes to his house which is next door to Paddington's house, although I don't think she explicitly knows that yet. Uh, and she's just, like, ready, ready to go. This is also, meanwhile, where they've left Paddington alone for, like, three hours. Because, mm-hmm. like, what could go wrong? Um, but Paddington gets silly, and he gets tape all over him. Yeah, he accidentally ripped a page of one of their books, of one of their encyclopedias. Oh, that's right. Because he's trying to find the all taped up. And then gets caught all in the, you know, the tape. And is walking around the house, like, with tape all over him. How silly. <laughs> it's it's madcap. And meanwhile, Nicole is, like, rappelling down, um, unbeknownst to Paddington. She's, like, rappelling and hanging from wires. <laughs> this is when we get Mission like, Impossible music. 
Yeah, we get Mission Impossible music. I did read that she did the hanging from wires part, but I assume that's only the part where she's, like, lowered into the foyer. Like, I can't imagine that they, like, yeah, that... opened a roof. Yeah, totally. That roof's not real, first first of all, that roof's not real. I don't <laughs> even know why I said that. Um, <laughs> there's no way that that's like, cohesive. Uh, but she gets lowered down, and she's, like, hanging. And I think she might be hanging upside down at some yeah, point. Yeah, I think she, but she, she tries is. to shoot. Him. And then she's trying to shoot Paddington with, like, a tranquilizing dart. Yeah, and then he um, doesn't get hit because the tape runs out and it, like, yanks him back. Yeah. So she misses, and then um, a little bit of a scrabble ensues. Yeah, and then full-on, they're, like, he... fighting in the kitchen or whatever, and Paddington accidentally, I guess before, hit the, like, gas on the oven. And yes. and somehow there was a, I forgot how, but there was a, a something ignited, and the oven just full-on explodes in Nicole Kidman's face. <laughs> And, like, she is thrown across the kitchen. (laughs) It is very aggressive. I wrote, um, I love a breakfast machine because (laughs) it is very, it is very Rube Goldberg. Um, Like, it's kind of like that part in Benjamin Button um, where it's, like, explaining how Kate Blanchett, like, got hit by the car and, like, lost the ability to dance and it keeps zooming back and, like, giving you step by step by step. <laughs> That's essentially the circumstances of events that culminate in Nicole getting blasted <laughs> all the way back into the hallway. I just wrote in bold, Nicole explodes! <laughs> What's really funny about that, too, is there's, like, a, um, I think there's... Is it just the smoke, or is there also, a, like, a smoke grenade that's happening? Oh, yeah, I guess she accidentally dropped, like, a, like, a tear gas thing or something <laughs> and like to like smoke out Paddington and, <laughs> and I guess that, the like, funniest part about <laughs> that like smoked out the whole house in addition to the oven exploding in her face another uh <laughs> oh my god the thing that the reason I bring that up is because the way that they like make it so that Nicole didn't have to do that stunt is she's wearing like a full like a full gas mask with like a very long um diff- like ventilator um and so like it's obviously just like a dude in a gas mask that gets blown away but like we're to believe that it's, that just it's Nicole Kidman yeah that's also very important because when the family comes home and Paddington's trying to explain what happened he refers to that character as an elephant because of the long ventilator yeah yeah so they like definitely don't believe him because an elephant I mean they draw the line at bears because an elephant is just simply too crazy yeah way too crazy to be in the house so they kind of, like, kick him out. Yeah? Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> they kick him out, and then we get, like, we get a couple of things. We get a montage of sadness from the family, for the most yeah. part, um, because the children have very much bonded. The daughter, as I mentioned, is learning to speak bear and is very good at it. The son um, likes to show Paddington his toys, and he has, like, a very elaborate, like, midway roller coaster, like, yeah, he has, like, those old metal toys that you can, like, screw together and make a spaceship or a rocket or something or a carnival ride. This is where we get the scene that I mentioned with Sally Hawkins and the police officer. And even Hugh Bonneville is like, okay, I should... I've, like, been a little hard on this poor bear and I'm gonna go try and find he him. He only flooded my house and exploded my kitchen. Yeah, but he brought life. He, he brought life. I think Mrs. Bird is like, um, maybe this family needed him as much as you needed <laughs> Or he needed you or whatever. I'm sorry. Is Mrs. Bird just <laughs> their maid? Or is that like a grandmother or an aunt? Does it matter? Well, she has a different last name. So, well, she has a Mrs. So maybe she married a bird. Maybe. And oh, well. was originally a brown. Yeah. Mrs. Brown-Hype Bird. <laughs> brown Bird. 
I don't know. I know that she's definitely a character in the books. Like she's she's canon. Yeah, it's okay. I can accept whatever um, it is. Uh, so Paddington is roaming the city. We get this really beautiful shot where he looks at the whole city, like skyline, and he's looking for all the like M. Is it like M. Clifton or something like yeah, that? Yeah, or Clyde, I think. Oh M. yeah, Clyde. M. Clyde. And, it, and they so kind of do like a they, like, the animators like put, like a like handwriting above each house in the city. Of like they live here and they live here and it's really like beautifully shot. Um, it's very beautiful. I I also realized that I think during this scene too for Nicole's like version of the journey, she meets with um that guy, that like guy from Pitch Perfect. You know, oh he's, like, the cab driver. Yeah, what's his name again? Yeah. I forgot. He played. He was the Humpty Dumpty or whatever in Alice in Wonderland, or Tweedledee and Tweedledum. Um, Oops. <laughs> He was in like <laughs> he was like in We Britain or whatever that show was yeah. called. It's Matt something. Um, Little I Britain. Forgot his last. One. Yeah, it's fine. It doesn't matter. But he's like previously driven Paddington, I think. Yeah, because he, um, he he so... drove the cab, and he's like, oh, like I've been, I drive around all kinds of people. Uh, you know. <laughs> I have the worst at uh, Agnes, yeah. by the way. But uh, and then she doesn't she hang him upside down and she yeah because like, he's like I drive like oh, I, I drive these kinds of people and these kinds of people and bears and she's like bears and then she hangs him upside down like torture style and tries to get it out of him like where uh, he dropped the bear off. She definitely says something like um, there are worse things I could cut off or something like that like something that very oh, much implies I wrote it that she's down going somewhere. to. Oh, where did it go? Oh, she says, yeah. She says, when someone doesn't give me what they want, I remove their body parts. <laughs> Which is, that's why, I mean, that's wild. She means his penis. Yeah. <laughs> and then I think we, I mean, like, we killed the cow driver because then she cuts the rope and he falls into the ocean all bound up. Oh, yeah. I mean, if he's bound, then. It's definitely well, yeah, like, it's a, like a, a, a plunk. Like he went into the ocean. Like it's not like he fell on the ground. There are at least three potential murders in this movie <laughs> that I can think of. And they're all they're all handled off screen. Yeah. And that is the second one. Um, so Paddington goes all the way around. He is like not having any luck. He keeps meeting very nice people that tell them their full name. And then he gets to the last one. And the person is very, very mean to him. And then he realizes that he's not at the right address because the number is upside down and he looks across the street and he runs across. And then a very nice lady tells him that Montgomery Clive was her father and lets him in. And there's this very long speech that she's giving while she's walking down the staircase. And we see her from waist down. And then guess who it is? Nicole Kidman. It's Nicole. So we get like, a lot of exposition here, I think. Yeah, it, no, it's maybe like that's not yet. we, we well, find fine. out that that Montgomery Clyde was, uh, you know, a world famous scientist that apparently found these bears, and uh, he wouldn't bring a specimen for the Natural History Museum in London, and so the like scientific community uh, exiled and disgraced his family for like not. Particip- for not giving up a you know a stuffed sample to study and so she wants to take revenge and like make all like take credit for the the bear the finding of this of the paddington species or whatever i was sitting there listening to that when i watched it and i like genuinely couldn't decide <laughs> if that was good motivation or not like I, it, I mean it's satisfactory yeah. <laughs> it like serves the purpose <laughs> um what i didn't like was like how mean the 
like Nicole's mother slash the explorer's wife is just straight up like we're going to be poor like you've brought such shame on this family and Nicole just like looks at that and is like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> very mean and the way I just wrote that down is exposition about why bad lady is yeah, bad so I, which it does I guess happen. yeah Nicole now like holds some job at the Natural History Museum where she could just gain access at any time yeah she's got crazy 24 hour access we do get a, a visual gag that I really like before that which is um Nicole pulls up in a van and the door is open and the door says taxi and Paddington's like, oh, of course, like I'll get, I'll get in that. And then they slam the door shut and actually says taxidermist, Mm -hmm. um, which is also where Peter Capaldi finds out that the bear is in bad hands. Um, But I do like that bit. We also get when they're walking around in the natural history museum, Paddington is like listening to this very long expository conversation. And he's saying hi to all the stuff like penguins. Yeah. He's so excited. He, yeah, he doesn't realize that they're all stuff, but he's just hello. like, hello, Hi. hello, Top of the morning. Um, have you ever seen, <laughs> this is a huge tangent, have you ever seen that vine with that, it's like a collage of the this old man teacher walking Oh yeah, the he's like, like, hello, 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 hello. <laughs> <laughs> that was Paddington saying hi to all those animals. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, that's totally a... Are we, okay, serious question. So Paddington 2 comes out like early next year, but it's also a Weinstein Company movie. So A, I'm worried about its fate and B, I'm uncertain as to whether or not I should support it. I think so. Sally Hawkins is in it. She's in it. Nicole is not. Yeah, she's not. Um, Yeah, do it for her. I did see that um, Aunt Lucy is in it, which makes me very happy. (laughs) Oh, good. We get we get her again. We uh, this is skipping around again, too. But he writes a letter to her at the end and we like see the old bears home. And it just I mean, that's that's everything. Yeah, she's living the life of luxury. I I fully support what she's doing. She's so happy. So the family realizes what has happened to Paddington by way of Peter Capaldi, I believe. Mm -hmm. And they all hightail it to the museum and uh, oh. they are trying to figure out how to get in. And the daughter is like, oh, the sewers. And like Sally Hawkins is just like Down. so, <laughs> she's so excited. Like she just like couldn't wait to get into yeah, the sewers. Absolutely. They're so stoked on the And sewers. then uh, I think at one point Nicole came and showed like the exit, like the, the empty exhibit for Paddington. And his, uh, his scientific right. name was Ursua Marmalada. Yes. Yeah. I just thought that was That's cute. his, um species it reminds me of the part in uh in fantastic mr fox where he's like trying to row rile them all up and like get them excited and being like animals again and he like looks at one of them and he's just like Mustalanavales. <laughs> and he like looks at another one and he's like lupus lupus or like whatever <laughs> and um he's just like going around and he's just like getting them all high on like being animals i love it well yeah nicole kidman's trying love- to get him high on being a stuffed animal um she is trying to do that at one point he like i mean he like very quickly accepts his fate because he's like laying on that table and he's not restrained but he's just like he's just yeah. given up and like bonneville is like on the you know, outside that's of the what window, i would do though talking- i always think in in like an sure. emergency situation if there was a murder in my house i just say just do it i don't want to i don't want to fight or anything I, I i get paddington <laughs> yeah he hears like hugh bonneville's voice and he's like thinks it's god which i think is really fun <laughs> And he's like, you sound just like Mr. Brown. Um, but then Hugh Bonneville is like about to come in through the window and Nicole figures it out because, oh, no, sorry. We've skipped over the moment where the whole family goes except for Mrs. Yes. Bird because Mrs. Bird is like getting fucked trashed with, with the security, the security guard. guard. Who, she says they're, so, they're mean, drinking antifreeze, but did I 
hear that wrong? I think she means like it's cold out and like colloquially this oh, is going okay. to warm our bones. That's just her. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's like, girl. No, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> this is the other murder that I mentioned that takes place is when she kills Mrs. Bird guard. just chugs antifreeze with the security guard. I've, I've been watching too much Forensic Files. I'm sorry. That's all you watch. Speaking of um, guards, we've also glossed over that really cute bit where he meets the like royal guard and he, the, he like invites him in yes. to like the guard shack to like not get. Yeah, and the guard is helped then, like feeding him, you know, crackers from a dish and that have like all come from the inside of his. Yeah, very and tall then hat. they do like the changing of the guards, and the new guard is like, "Get out." Yeah. Did you think it was weird in that scene? Um, the guard, like, we see him from behind and he, like, points out and then the voice was just, like, so strange and so loud that I was like, oh, did they just decide to put the, like, get out and post? It... <laughs> I, did, you know, I didn't even notice that. <laughs> like, I don't think he, like, I don't think they recorded it. Like No, absolutely not. That was a total post scene, decision. It was just weird. Anyway, so the family, the security guard sees Hugh Bonneville on the window and he, like, um, battens down the hatches. Like, Mrs. Bird is, like, not able to keep yeah. his attention anymore. Uh, so shit is getting wild and then they all end up on the roof like nicole like, has paddington um, yeah they get to the roof to so escape but nicole's on the roof but she's standing right on the edge and she has like the tranquilizer gun or whatever oh is it, a it? i, oh, I, I, I could have been wrong oh i don't know she has some sort of weapon escalating the movie. what first throws them off is early, like very early in the movie the chekhov's gun in this movie is the <laughs> Uncle Pastuzo talking about like always keeping an emergency sandwich in your hat because Paddington sees those birds again, those fucking pigeons, <laughs> and he's like, I know what to do. They want my Sammy again. So he takes his hat off and he like throws it. Yeah. And it gets Nicole all like hurly burly, topsy turvy. Yeah. yeah. And then there's like, she's in the middle of like a speech she's like regained her balance and then whoop like a trap door opens on the floor and mrs fucking bird just comes through and like crash she's like hey yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. she says something she's lit when she does it and it's really funny <laughs> i mean we assume her to be dead but then we like see they like look over the edge and she's just um, hanging from like a flagpole like, like yeah and then mrs bird like wild woman that she is like throws the remaining bit of her antifreeze on her which is really funny <laughs> and like the family has like a really the family has like a a, a group laugh yeah on the it. top of the natural history museum in london i mean she survives because we have a we have an epilogue where we see yeah. her but i don't know uh how. yeah and in that epilogue i thought it was really funny the judge uh in her case or whatever sentences her to community service and nicole screams no anything but that (laughs) (laughs) that's also you (laughs) yeah that is me (laughs) so she works in like a she works in like a petting zoo and there's like a bit at the end that again if i was a kid like i would have been just rolling on the floor oh yeah i would have been swinging from the chandelier (laughs) if i saw this bit but she gets like she's with like donkeys or something and then like a, a dump truck like dumps a bunch of poop on her which like there was no way that was her in that no. scene oh she's absolutely not <laughs> get my stunt double but even if like even if you're a stunt double that I just I, I'm i curious as to how they did that like I don't think it's actual poop obviously probably but it just also like feels CGI. like it would probably be very heavy regardless I don't know I mean the CGI bear was amazing I I, it, I believe it that's true Um, we also get 
this stunning, stunning, stunning epilogue that I can't believe they had the restraint to hold till the <laughs> end. But we see the brown, ho- we see the brown house again, and it opens like a doll. Oh, it's that's so cute. It's like when I saw I, it's like stunning. tangent, but I saw Mary Poppins when I was in London a while back, and like the whole set for that was a dollhouse, and it was just I love when like stuff does that. It's so cute. It's good. Honestly, next to normal wishes. <laughs> <laughs> it was the end of Paddington. I've never seen Little Woman, but doesn't Little Woman do that? Uh, with their that set, right. I think. The I think that's, that's the whole thing that you're supposed yeah. to do. I don't know. I've never seen it. The thing that's like stunning about it, the mo- or like that's the most impressive to me, is that it's not just like a still of the house. Like we see them actively moving yes. in the rooms, which is just like a really beautiful way to shoot that and I'm sure someone smarter than I am can explain how they did it but we see all of them and again we get that scene where like Paddington is integrated in the family and he uh, is is a, is, is a brown and we see that scene with the daughter whose name doesn't matter his boyfriend and Sally Hawkins yeah. just actually kicks the door open and is just immediately <laughs> Having a crying and it's funny breakdown thing. over their yeah. daughter's boyfriend oh she's so I mean I, I'm Cannot believe she didn't get nominated. Yeah, I I liked this better than uh, what was that Woody Allen movie? Uh, uh, Blue Jasmine. I thought she was so good in this. Uh, I mean, I think I will. It's this is tough for the sake of this podcast because it's like definitely not my favorite Nicole Mm -hmm. performance. Uh, but it like is certainly the most fun I've had watching any of the movies so far, and I imagine will continue to be that way for. Yeah, Nicole has this great Um, way of. In a lot of movies she does, and I, I think of, I can right now just think of Moulin Rouge when she's doing Spectacular Spectacular, where she just goes full bananas wild of just something that you don't know that she's capable of or even is willing to do. And then she does a movie like this, or she does that uh, Spectacular Spectacular in Moulin Rouge and just surprises you with how silly she is and, <laughs> and how much fun she's down to have. It's really sweet, and, and I just got done talking about Moulin Rouge for another episode, and we talked about that same thing, which is, you know, when she's, like, uh, like roaring like a tiger, and she's, like, pouncing around, and and it's, like, really easy to discount that as, like, silly acting, yeah, oh, you know? I, it's totally... Uh, I love that. Because I'm, like, sitting here being like, well, I talked about The Hours, and, like, clearly that's, like, a conventionally a better movie, but also, like, Paddington is so incredibly successful for, like, exactly what Absolutely. it's trying to be. Yeah, oh, I love it. Well, I don't I think we it. ever said Nicole's character name in this, but her character name is Millicent. Yes, and apparently it was written like explicitly yeah. with her in mind. I'm the worst with like, movie character names. I mean, it could be my favorite movies of all time, like that I've seen a million times, like Moulin Rouge or or something, and I still don't know all the characters' names, so I had to like write down every single character name. <laughs> Meanwhile, you can name like anyone who's ever crossed the camera. Oh yeah, I can supporting City. characters, guest stars, first last name, what their job is, how they got money. Absolutely. <laughs> what's the name of that guy this is a huge tangent what's the name of that guy that's like really drunk and it's like Ray! trying to get back with trash <laughs> you're trash <laughs> Ugh, god I knew you'd be able to do that um okay do you have anything else to say about this movie um, before we put a bow on it when I was uh going through the IMDB fun facts I thought the funnest fact was that the studio canal put Paddington in the 2014 Liam Neeson movie nonstop. Apparently he has a cameo in there. And that like, that was to get them like people talking about the movie and to kind of promote Paddington. Oh, I like that. Yeah. I didn't read that one. <laughs> I've never seen nonstop, but now I'm going to watch it. I just think it's so sweet. Like all the facts were just like how much it meant to like 
a country. Yeah, this was like their this was like a passion project. Like it was it was like a passion project. It was like the highest grossing um like animated movie from that country or something like that where it's like the highest grossing from that country of some category of movie. Uh, and it was like the biggest Blu-ray sale. Yeah, it, it just, broke records. I I didn't even know this like was such a huge deal until I, I watched it later, and it's so wonderful. It's so wonderful. It's all, it also makes me really happy that like the creator's daughter was like very hesitant, and she like saw the movie, and she just was like, "Oh, they nailed it! Like they did everything right," which I think is it like really rings true. Yeah. Well, it, it I guess it did the legend of Paddington justice and it made a ton of money and now there's a sequel and I hope there's 10 of them. <laughs> Honestly, where is our Paddington cinematic universe? <laughs> I, but I want to be a part of that cinematic universe. If I can just, if a talking bear is just accepted as normal, that sounds like a wonderful world to live in. The way that I know that this movie is good is because Ben Whitshaw, who is the most handsome man on the planet He's is not visible in this movie, but I don't mind because I'm having such a good time watching Paddington Bear. Yeah, he's oh so cute. Loved every he's, second of this movie. And it was only like an hour and a half, which is the perfect movie time. Oh, it was a cool hour and a half. I watched this after I watched um, another undisclosed movie for this podcast. And I was really exhausted after that other one. And I put this on and... It was like that meme where it was like my debt cleared up, my skin cleared up, you know, like I gained five years of my life. Uh, I was just, all my crops were like bountiful. I I truly, I love it. Okay. Uh, Well, I think that's the end of Paddington. I tried to skip around to like the end credits to see if there was a little cartoon at the end or like a a bit, but there wasn't, unfortunately. That's how we know we're not getting a cinematic universe is because there wasn't like a post scene. There wasn't a post-credit scene, I know. I was hoping like Nicole Kidman would be like digging herself out of the donkey poop. Are you ready to rank this movie? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'll rank it. Good. I'm glad because you don't have a choice. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, let's just cruise through this because I think Paddington is... If Paddington doesn't get all fives, honestly, I'm not posting this episode. Uh, so first category... Um, how do you feel about the wigs in this movie on a one through five? I have to let you know, I am the most generous, uh, r- like, raider. I think I give almost everything, like, two highest stars. So, because <laughs> I just love everything I watch, <laughs> which I guess is a bad thing. But uh, wigs in this movie, I loved Nicole Kim. I mean, Nicole Kim and Rock's a wig, and I'm sure you talk about that on every episode. And it's not no, it's not old news, or new news. But uh, I give it like a like a four. Good. Do you think? Um, and I genuinely don't know. Do you think Sally Hawkins is wearing a wig? Uh, I don't know what her real hair looks like. I think it. I think it must be a wig because it's like very like tousled, you know. And it's it must be. Yeah. I mean, it it. She looked very similar to what she's gonna kind of look like in Shape of Water. I can't wait. I'm so excited. I know. But yeah, I give the wigs like a four. I loved it. Good. Um, what about what about accents in this movie? Um, five. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually expecting you to say the opposite because, like, it's a m- British movie and everyone in it is like natively British. Uh, oh, for our, well, then Nicole. they did a good job, I guess. Sure. I don't That's know. I I really am the worst raider. If you guys go, if you like, you ever went on my letterbox? I mean, I gave Mama Mia five star. I give everything five stars. <laughs> like. Uh. <laughs> 
every and then I give movies like a random half star that I'll never like movies where you're like oh that was a pretty good movie and I give it a half star just simply for existing so I'm a, a really, I have a really whack like rating scale I I'm gonna regret saying this because this is the second time I brought this person up but I think on on Movies IMO, which everyone should go download and subscribe to Movies IMO uh, if you like gay people in movies, which <laughs> hopefully you do because you're listening to this. But Ben repeatedly says that he either like it's the best movie he's ever seen or it's garbage. So I'm kind I of think the you're not the only one. My my um, half star ratings are are shocking, and I think I made a list at some point that said like movies that piss me off. What was on it? Can you remember? Uh, the Amy Winehouse documentary. Okay. Um, Midnight in Paris. Fair. Um, the Spectacular Now, I hated. I gave that, I almost gave that zero stars. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking hated that movie. Uh, but then five uh, stars, I'd give like, I gave Mamma Mia five stars. Um, I can't remember, but a lot of things have five stars. Anyway, I'm sorry I went on kind of a tangent. No, that's fine. Uh, so next up is the infamous Hallmark Naomi Watts scale. Uh, and I can explain that for you if you need. Also, I I, I half get what you mean, but so it's continuing to evolve as I learn how to podcast. Uh, but what I think I mean by it is like the higher that this scale is, is like the more intrinsically involved Naomi was. Meaning, like, did she audition? Did she go to opening <laughs> night? Like, did her and Nicole email about this movie? Um, right. And, like, a low score would be, like, maybe she rented it. Like, maybe she doesn't actually know about it. Like, maybe she came home and, like, her kids were watching it and she was just like, oh, that's fun. And, like, didn't even recognize Nicole because right. she was looking at, like, a Peter Capaldi scene. Mm-hmm. Which is not really an explanation, but I'm going to make you choose a, a value <laughs> that's now. That's the gayest explanation for <laughs> the gayest kind of rating scale I've ever heard in my life. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, uh, I don't really see this movie as a... Naomi Watts friendly movie or or her character I have I mean maybe maybe I just haven't seen one but I don't have I've never seen Naomi Watts in like a villain role and I know gay people are gonna go crazy that I just said that if I missed one but well I was just thinking about it and I can't either so I'm no better than you um because I probably missed one and I'm gonna get shit for it but whatever um but yeah uh I like a like a two I'm sure there's an email (laughs) <laughs> there's for sure an email they don't text there's definitely an email yeah oh nicole kimmon does not text she know. doesn't she did that like vanity fair like 73 questions or whatever and she made it like abundantly clear oh, did that... <laughs> <laughs> yeah also i can't wait to have an episode that's just me talking about that one 73 questions yeah <laughs> <laughs> um what about her approachability one through five how do you feel about that meaning if you saw this character on the street yeah because i loved i think she had like either snake snake skin or cheetah print heels and i really like those and i would have said i love your hair and i love your heels great it's like very sonia morgan yeah totally so is that a uh like a like a four and a half okay i can't do halves oh i'm sorry four i I can no i can that's completely arbitrary (laughs) i can do whatever i want this is my show uh So one through five, how suppressive do you think that the Church of Scientology feels this movie is? Oh, wow. Um, That was the the most earnest I've heard you in the last hour. (laughs) You heard me with my, like, guard down, my true voice, my... (laughs) Um, Well, since she is a Tom Cruise ex, and they did use Mission Impossible music in this movie. Oh, true. um, I'd have to say... 
maybe like a three. It was on the radar. Beautiful. Um, and then overall level of iconicness for this movie, either for Nicole or just um, the movie itself. Level of iconicness. Um, I'm going to give it, I think for young children, it's important. And I sound like a person that's like, it's for the children. But like, if I was young and saw this movie, I'd be thrilled. Uh, and love at least one of these women's performances. Um, so I'd say like a, a four. Good. Yeah. I think you showed some real restraint here. <laughs> it was so hard to not give everything five stars. So I had to think about it. I mean... If I interfere with the selection, what you'll see is that I edit this in post so that it's the one time you said five and you I just posted it. <laughs> five stars, time. five stars, five stars. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like a bad cut, so you can hear the same like end of me laughing each time, so everyone knows that it's completely fake. <laughs> um that gives you that gives you a in your movie a twenty two out of thirty, which is pretty darn good. That is really good. That's- I think time will I think time will tell that we Feel this movie deserves higher but yeah you know what we can't change the way the scale is made no but i enjoyed this movie so much and if, and if you guys haven't seen it really watch it it's so fun it's it's the best uh i do have one more task for you okay did you watch the television epic big little lies i did okay great um what i'm gonna make you do is explain the plot to me in 60 seconds explain the plot of big little lies Yep. And I wish I had like a fun backstory for this other than like, I just didn't really want to talk about it on the podcast and everyone wanted me to. So I'm just uh, like outsourcing it to all of my guests. Oh my God. Um, and you don't seem that excited, which is perfect <laughs> for me because that just makes me laugh about it. <laughs> I just and, tend to go on uh, brand. So my, I probably won't get to the end. <laughs> oh, that's fine. No, literally no one has actually Jorge <laughs> had some time left over. Oh, good. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well then I'll, so I'll, I'll, I'll I go for it. Back. I remember right, I don't right. I don't remember any names in this show, so Oh, that's fine. I was actually stunned because he not only finished early, but he was the only person to use a single character's name in like the five of these that I've recorded. Yeah, I don't remember any uh, of them. So like I said before, I can't remember a single character's name in anything I've seen. Alright. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Go. Oh my god, okay. Mostly when I saw this, I was like, I wanna move to Monterey because it just sounds so beautiful and I wanna be uh, housewife. That's not part of the plot. But anyway, uh, so I guess I'm trying to remember back, but it starts with this school fight with uh, Laura Dern's daughter and Reese, uh, Shailene Woodley's daughter. And I guess Shailene Woodley is kind of like an out, uh, like a lone, like in like a Western when the, when the like guy with the past comes into town, that's Shailene Woodley. And um, I guess Shailene Woodley's kid or son is accused of biting Laura Dern's daughter and uh her, isn't I think Laura Dern's name is Renata because I remember that line but um and and so they accuse but then Reese Witherspoon and her daughter befriend Shanley Woodley and her son and so and Reese Witherspoon is trying to oh my god I did not even get <laughs> anyway how do you feel like you did? Oh, I did. I didn't even get past the first 10 minutes of the first episode. <laughs> I, I just started talking about how I wanted to move uh, to Monterey. Yeah, you spent, I clocked it, you spent 12 seconds talking about something that you concluded with, this isn't part of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you 
also spent a really long time explaining uh, Shailene Woodley's entrance as a Western, and you also said that she had a daughter, which is incorrect. I know, but then I corrected it to son. You did. You I corrected did. it later. No, you I knew did, that. You did remember... You also remembered Renata's name, and you did a really good Renata. Renata. Um, that's, that's the only that name I remember. That was good. Uh, Christopher, before I let you go, where can people find you on the internet? Um, uh, My Twitter's Eiffler Tower, E-I-F-L-E-R Tower, like the Eiffel Tower. And uh, my Instagram, I just changed. It was the real John Travolta, but now it's uh, Christopher Hans Eiffler. Christopher Hans H A N S Eifler. I always spelled it before. And face I mean, you don't want to go on my Facebook. I'm boring on Facebook. But um That's not true because you created an Alex McCord like symposium on Facebook. Oh, I didn't create it, I was just a part of it. But um oh, I did extensive research on Alex McCord and presented it uh to a panel. Or as a panel to people. Uh this is a tangent, but a Twitter account that was like ALX mccd or something like that followed the podcast <gasps> handle the, the other day and i was like if this is like a gorilla Ooh, alex like mccord account that she's McCord. maintaining oh I, can you imagine she could be one of my australia listeners oh, i justice for alex mccord yeah. that's probably gonna be the most controversial thing I <laughs> that's how we enough. conclude paddington today um speaking of the podcast twitter handle you can find us at the kid manifesto uh you can also yell at me or Christopher uh, at the Kid Manifesto at iCloud.com. Um, and you should rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Google Play or Pocket Casts, uh, soon to be Spotify, allegedly. We'll see how that goes. Um, and you can follow me. I know. You can follow me at Mr. Sam Herbst and you can DM the person that has Sam Herbst and tell them to give them their handle to me. Please, I should stop saying that because I'm going to get a cease and desist. Uh, I, th- I think that's against the Twitter policy. I've like definitely tried to pay him for that handle, and that's definitely a way to get blocked from Twitter. Yeah. Um, you can do what I do and follow every... Place. I follow every Chris Eifler on Twitter and like tweet at them and like all their tweets. Do you? That, have you ever been added to a group on Facebook that's like someone adds you and it's like all of the Christopher Eiflers that are on no, Facebook? No, I think there's only like three in the world. I'm a rarity. Uh, someone that we both follow on Twitter... Uh, who I don't know if listens to this, got added to one of those, and there was, like, 16 people with the same name as him, and, like, 12 of them were gay, which is insane. Whoa. Yeah. Crazy. Anyway, that's as bad of a place as any to end this episode. Uh, <laughs> so for now, I will just say goodbye. Thank you, Sam. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. See ya. Can you do an impression of someone? Sure. I thought I saw a pussy cat. That's Tweety Bird. I recognize it. Mom. Can you do another impression of someone else? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's little quacker. Obviously it was. <laughs>